1: The Bert Show. Because I don't know much about politics at all, I'm on slippery footing this morning. Cause I know that Bert's big adventure is about to be honored by a senator in Georgia. A U.S. Senator. A U.S. Senator. I just don't know how and what it
2: means.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We know it's a big deal because of the people who are wearing suits in our studio right now.
1: One person. Oh, two people in a suit. Yes. Yes. This is Senator John Ossoff joining us in studio this morning. And yeah, the other guy in the suit, and there's a photographer here also. When John was coming down the hall, I just assumed this was was not security. (laughs) Yeah, if it were, I would be in a pretty vulnerable yeah. spot.
4: These, <laughs> th- these are my comms guys, not my uh, heavies. Yeah, I'd break yeah. right through these guys. I for sure could take that, dude. I didn't realize you were so ripped, <laughs> by the way. Oh, I like, yeah. Must spend like three hours a day in the gym. <laughs> it's a tight shirt. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is my kid's shirt.
3: Well, he thank- wanted to show off for you today.
1: <laughs> uh, thank you for being in here this morning. Thank you so much. Now, we have Burt's Big Adventure coming up next week. Yes. And for those of you that are new listeners, Burt's Big Adventure is the trip that we take down to Disney World world every year with kids that have chronic and terminal illnesses. And you guys know this because you pay for the trip and you take care of these kids. But this is really a a trip of escape, uh, John, as you know, for these families. It's just like we started this thing 20 something years ago as a trip of escape to get rid, to get away from like doctors and protocols and words like leukemia. And really what's happened over the course of the last 20 years, it's become a trip of connection where, yeah, we go to Disney world and we have a great time with these families, but we've watched this community come so tightly together that they need each other. So we do reunions now and it's just become this much bigger than just a trip to Disney world. right?
3: Yeah. The families do. They, they definitely lean on each other and, and, Uh, we end up taking kids who have some really rare, complicated diseases. Um, And over the years, like, we've managed to connect some families who are experiencing the same thing, and Mm -hmm. they've always felt so alone. So for this organization to have grown, because we we have the family reunions, we have the Fairy Godparent Program where we visit kids in the hospital. Um, Any one of our Burt's Big Adventure kiddos that's in the hospital, they get a visit. But it's really seeing the connection with the families and them feeling like I'm, I I got people on my side, and I'm not doing this all by myself.
4: And how long are the trips down to Disney World?
1: Uh, they're five days okay. each year, but it's really just sort of the, the spoke now in the tire of the community. It
4: sounds like yeah. a community you've yeah. built,
1: you built right. to help families who otherwise could feel so isolated, alone and
4: afraid of right. what's happening to their kids and for the kids themselves.
3: Yeah. It's their, it has to be their first trip to Disney. Um, the kids range in age from five to 12. Um, and then, yeah, we, uh, we, we go VIP all the way. Say so we, we don't mess around when it comes to our trips to Disney, our, our private plane and, um, how we we go above and beyond at, at the park, and our you know our passes that get us to the front of the lines. We want them to be able to have an experience of a lifetime, and that's courtesy thanks to all of our donors.
4: Well, that is wonderful work, and I guess we'll just do this thing right now. Let's because, go, you know, everybody out there. This is your senator John Ossoff. Every so often, I have the privilege uh, of honoring and commending Georgians who are doing amazing work on behalf of the community, the state, and the country. And so, Bert, what I have here for you and the team is a commendation entered into the record of the U.S. Senate of Burt's Big Adventure. And I'm going to read this on the air. This is now an official part of the record of the United States Senate. Uh, And this is uh, what I've put into the record. Mr. President, and that addresses the the president of the Senate, I rise to commend an Atlanta, Georgia nonprofit organization for its two decades of service to Georgia and the country. Founded in 2002, Burt's Big Adventure provides an all-expenses-paid five-day journey to Walt Disney World for children with chronic and terminal illnesses and their family. In two thousand three, the organization took seven children with chronic and terminal illnesses and their families on a journey of a lifetime to Walt Disney World for the inaugural trip. Since then, Earth's Big Adventure has taken two hundred and sixty children and their families on a magical Vacation. Following the annual trip, Burt's Big Adventure provides year-round support to children and their families through initiatives such as the Family Reunion Adventures, the fairy Godparent Volunteer Program, additional charitable services. Burt's Big Adventure gives children battling illness and their families a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and helps create lasting memories. As Georgia's U.S. Senator, I commend the Burt's Big Adventure team for its two decades of valiant service and commitment to giving back to those in need. Oh, thank, thank you for your work. Yeah, thank thank
1: you. you. So this goes into where? This goes into, the, <laughs> this goes into the record of the U.S.
4: Senate, and you get this.
3: Yeah. Whoa. It goes, that is very right, nice baby, goes right next material. to the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever you go to D.C., you're going to see it yeah, right but there. But thank you
4: for I mean, i got a, a two-year-old uh, baby girl at home, and uh, a member of my staff uh, recently, you know, had a, a very difficult diagnosis for for their son, and you know, when I think of, I mean, just the the level of fear mm. um, and concern, a health scare with your child. You know, we had we had a uh, like a choking incident when she was about eight months old, and um, and that was the scariest moment of my life. So, when your child's health is at risk, it, it is. It is the most frightening thing imaginable, and so I, I'm grateful to you for creating, you know, not just as you pointed out, these these opportunities
1: to go and, and escape and have this trip, but also this, this support network for these families. Thank you. Uh, it is the thing that I'm most proud of, for sure. And thank you for the notoriety. Now, do we, because we got this, as everybody on the Burt's Big Adventure staff uh, basically get to run through red lights now? <laughs> yeah, do we get a key, key to, to the, the state? city? Yeah. yeah, we can do anything we want. Is this like...
4: We get to do I whatever we want. we would love to host y'all. you will come up. If you guys find yourself in uh, that fallen city, Washington, D.C., <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, we can yeah. show
4: you around the Capitol. I, and,
1: I, I and spent eight years there, man. Yeah. And, oh, did you really? And I escaped. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was wise. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's gotten worse. We'd so, love to yeah. do that, man. We would love to. We appreciate that. Um, while you're here, uh, and this is very, very sweet, and I will give you the option or not to talk about like a couple of issues that I think are on our mind this morning. Not directly at you, but just in general when it comes to politics. Are you cool with that? Of course. Okay. So this morning, I think what I'm trying to to learn is how the process works when it comes to making change in not only Georgia, but in Washington, D.C., right? So I think we all have sort of heavy hearts this morning. When I go to the news this morning, the one thing that's on my mind is gun control. Um, and I think on a lot of people's mind, is gun control. You go to 11 Alive this morning, three detained after four students shot in parking lot of uh, Benjamin E. Mays High School. Another headline, woman found shot, killed in DeKalb County. Then, of course, we're talking about what happened in Kansas City also.
3: It is heartbreaking.
1: So I'm not exactly sure what your stance on gun control is, but I think what I'm trying to get at is I'm fed up. Like this has happened so often that I feel like I've lost my fight and I don't have um, enough knowledge to know if anything is getting done. So I I want to know what the process is for you as a senator. How can you make a change when everything just seems to be so divisive and such about parties now? What is the process for people to go and actually make a change? And what do senators do with that info? I think the
4: first thing to recognize is that the daily work of my office and my daily work is rarely focused on whatever's leading like national cable, internet, political drama. That big fight between Democrats and Republicans Mm -hmm. that leads the news every day is not the bulk of my time or my staff's time. The bulk of our time is spent either providing direct constituent service, so helping veterans who need help getting appointments mm-hmm. at the VA. you know, Things as simple but important to folks is getting a rush passport renewal before mm-hmm. travel, helping seniors who have issues with Medicare or Social Security, just cutting through bureaucratic red tape that really impacts people's lives. Folks who are owed like $50,000 in Social Security disability they didn't get, that's just been piling up and they've been slamming their head into a brick wall. And it has a huge impact on their family. And then in terms of policy, whether it's on guns or otherwise, you know, we're only able to get things done when we can bring enough Republicans and Democrats together. And I think that, you know, the national political news and the campaigning is so nasty and so divisive. I think that that increasingly most people identify as politically independent. Mm-hmm. I don't think that most people go through their daily lives defining themselves as being affiliated with one political party or the other. And really, the only way we get things done, you know, for example, we passed a bill that strengthened background checks for younger people trying to purchase firearms. Well, the only way we were able to get that done was to build some common ground between Republicans and Democrats in Congress. And if we're not able to focus on that, like put the national interest ahead of partisan party interests, then we're not able to get things done. And we're going to continue to spiral into this place that's more and more hateful.
3: Um, Coming from a military family, I do appreciate what you are doing for veterans, as I have had some run ins with the VA over the years and it can be um, a a complicated process and it it shouldn't be. So I, I definitely appreciate that. And I am a member of Georgia Moms for Change, which is a bipartisan group that is just trying to protect our children. Um, ever since, you know, I have a toddler as well and he is in preschool and I was not expecting this. I got a letter letting us know that they had an active shooter drill and he's two
4: at preschool Mm -hmm. at
3: preschool. And that was so sobering. And that's when I am, you know, I immediately got involved with Georgia moms for change. And I love the fact that they're bipartisan and they're not trying to take guns away. They just want to protect our kids and they want, you know, some common sense gun laws, et et cetera. Um, I think to fix a problem, you have to know why there's a problem. And so, like, why? Why do we have this issue in America when there's other comparable countries out there that don't?
4: The reality is, you know, and this is where it starts to get kind of political and kind of controversial, but we have to be honest about what's going on in order to solve these problems. Correct. The reality is that there is an industry out there, right, that has an interest in, Manufacturing and selling and distributing as many firearms with the fewest restrictions as possible because that's how they get the biggest return to their shareholders. It's a business.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And that industry is very, very powerful. That industry wields its power in Congress through political contributions and lobbying efforts and, and they fight tooth and nail against anything, even something as simple. You know, we I said we we passed these stronger background checks for younger people buying rifles. Even something as simple as that faces massive resistance because their incentive is sell as much as possible, as fast as possible to whoever wants to walk up, even if the proper precautions aren't being taken. Senator John Ossoff
1: uh, in studio with The Birch Show this morning. Do you as a senator get as frustrated with the process sometimes as the constituents seem to be? Absolutely. And I'm the
4: youngest member of the Senate and it's not even close. And, you know, what I see are colleagues in both parties who have been there for a very, very long time, who are very comfortable, who have gotten accustomed to a certain way of doing things. And it works for them, but it doesn't always work for the people we're supposed to serve. Uh, And, you know, that's why that's one of the reasons I encourage more young people to get involved Mm -hmm. and to think about running for elected positions and leadership positions, because, When folks have been in Congress, no disrespect to my colleagues, and there's a lot to be said for experience, but for 30, 40, 50
1: years... You know, many of them have lost
4: touch with what ordinary people really care
1: about. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an election coming up, and obviously there's going to be a we lot do. of...
3: We do. Hadn't
1: believe heard. Believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're about to hear a lot more about yeah. it every day. Right? Right. Yeah. It could really go right by you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and there's going to be a lot of mudslinging going on, you know, Yeah. Uh, as candidates. No doubt about that. Right. So I wanted, to, I wanted to know from your end, because you were on the receiving end of that <laughs> years ago, Um as an individual, and you're a person, you're not a robot, do any of those things actually hurt or do you just chalk it off to like, you know what, this is just politics and this is the way it is these days? Yeah, you, you kind of have to just
4: tune it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, I'm sure that uh, folks who are listening, because they would have they heard all the ads, remember I <laughs> ran for the U.S. House seat, the 6th District in 2017, and didn't win that election. And I was 29 when I got in that race. had never run for anything in my life. And it was sort of shocking at first suddenly getting hit like that from all directions. But you you just get used to it. You realize that uh, it's an idea of you that's being attacked, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, um, it's part of the process. And it really should be about vetting qualifications and positions and whatnot. But uh, it has become so ugly and Mm -hmm. so divisive. As a result, I think that most people tune it out. Yeah. Like, I don't think people attack ads are, are so over the top and so personal Um, You know, I think that they're actually a less and less relevant part of elections, but it's just like tradition to to sling mud like that.
1: We were talking about uh, YouTube kids uh, off the air before we right. came on. A uh, really quick funny story is I was seeing a woman who had, I guess at that time it was a six-year-old daughter, right? Um, and I was talking to her about the election and she literally thought your first name was Radical. <laughs> she literally was like, so who are, you, are you voting for Radical John Ossoff? I'm like, that's not even his name. <laughs>
4: branding. Which, right, like it was Enough branding. repetitions. <laughs> yeah. I had little kids because they, they, they run it all on the YouTube, those pre-roll ads on YouTube. And I had little kids coming up and reciting all of the ads for and against. And I was like, who's putting money advertising to like nine year olds?
5: Do you feel like in this area as well as others that there's even more eyes on you and even more pressure on you being the youngest member Mm. of the Senate, or do you feel like it's business as usual? No, I get a lot of questions
4: that are related to my relative youth uh in in Congress. Um but I welcome that. I mean again, you know, we need some change in 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 the Congress. One of the reasons that it's so stuck is because it's the same people. Literally for decades. Mm-hmm. The same people running the show. And and so, you know, if we ask ourselves, well, well why is it getting worse? Why is it so stuck? Um, in part, it's because we don't have fresh voices in the room. And I, you know, so, you know, I'm a, a, a Democratic elected official. I encourage a lot of young Republicans to think about pursuing leadership roles, Mm -hmm. because we need fresh voices in both political
1: parties. And really, it's the only way things are going to change, man.
3: Well, representation matters, and that goes whether it's age, whether it's race, whether it's your your sex. So I think um, for women, for minorities, for those who are young, it's important for all of them to, you know, contemplate uh, a future in Mm -hmm. politics, even though you might get called, you know a radical.
1: <laughs> I've been called worse than that. <laughs> uh, Senator John Ossoff in studio. Uh, getting back to the original reason why you're here, thank you very much for honoring Burt's Big Adventure. Thank you for your work. Uh, this is certainly not about me. We've got a staff of people that work 24-7 to make sure that our families, not just the current families, but families from the last 20 years are taken care of, and I'm extremely proud of that staff. So you coming in here and giving them notoriety just means the world to well, me Well, thank you. For, them.
4: Thank you for providing this kindness to kids who need it so much. Thank
1: you so much. Yeah. Senator John Ossoff in studio at the Birch Show this morning. What an honor. Thank you. A pleasure. Take care. The Bird Show.
5: What's trending now? Go! Kristen knows. It's the Birch Show's
1: entertainment buzz.
3: I was telling Mo this. I'm not going to lie. I felt a little vindicated when I saw Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey talking about his interaction with Coach Andy Reid on the sidelines during the Super Bowl because I was even hesitant to bring up how I really felt when I watched Travis Kelsey, who was upset about a, a bad play, wanted to get in, came up to his coach, screamed in his face and bumped him, bumped him to the point coach lost his footing and kind of like stumbled. Um, and it was for myself watching. It was very off-putting. Um, it, I didn't think it was a good look. And it was honestly uh it, I, I felt it like it was in, into red flag territory. <laughs> uh,
1: it certainly is. Uh, even in the world of sports, that's inappropriate. That's that's yes. crossing a line. Uh, and I had a very different feeling about it than you did. I didn't think about the anger ramifications. I thought, here's a guy in the heat of the moment in one of the biggest games of his life that wants to be part of the process of winning. And I think in our testosterone football world, that's almost looked like, like, I want to be next to that guy on the field. He's so fiery about it. Yeah, I I grew
5: up playing football. I've watched football my whole life. I've seen it a lot of times. My only thought was it would certainly probably be different if it were a different player, a player who wasn't as good, a black player probably would be very different. But I I didn't at all think about what that would look like for as far as Taylor Swift and his home life.
3: And, yeah, just I think women... On the whole, generalizing, had a different take on what that looked like from the sidelines than you guys did. And so on their podcast, New Heights with Jason and Travis Kelsey, they discussed this. And Travis's brother, Jason, I mean, he called him out for it.
6: People are all over this. And I I mean, I get it. I can't you cross the line. I think we can I, both agree I, I, on that. I can't I can't I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff when he when he stumbled I was just like oh my head I, or even, like, I mean even I mean let's be honest the, the yelling in his face too is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm 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 a passionate guy. Um I just want to let him know that I wanted this thing and that he he can put it on me and uh, and I got him.
3: He also uh, Travis admitted to having some trouble controlling his emotions.
6: Sometimes those emotions get away from me, man, and I've, uh, that's been the battle of my my career. But everybody else, I don't, I don't give a what anybody else says. I talked to Coach Reed about it today, and we kind of chuckled about it. I just love playing for the guy, man. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes my passion comes out where it looks like it's negativity. But I'm grateful that he knows that it's all because I want to win this thing.
3: And Coach Reed was aware of how the incident would look on TV.
6: Yeah, it's definitely unacceptable, and I, uh, I, I immediately wish I would have took it back. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that and didn't even have harsh words for me. I was ready to get a chewing, and, and he just let him know, hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man. You don't want He's things to you come know off. Not, not to be like that. And, man,
1: it just made me, just fired me up even more to go out there and get a victory for him, man. So you feel like, and I want you to speak for every woman on the planet,
3: Hi, I have a vagina, and I will speak for you if you also have one. Save that.
1: <laughs> Save it. Um, so you don't think that's a compartmentalized thing here? You think angry at work, angry at home?
3: Potentially. Okay. It's. I think. Um. I think it's something that should be noted. Mm-hmm. I think he made a mistake. He apologized to his coach. He's. Uh. I didn't really hear an apology per se, but he's admitting that he was out of line. And I think, okay, you did this. Now rectify your behavior. If it happens again, and if it happens again, mm-hmm. when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And um, I don't want to call. I don't want to say it's a problem in the NFL, but it is known that these players, um, because of that testosterone or whatever you want to call it, run hot, get fiery, and there's domestic violence issues in the NFL. Well, they're
1: domestic violent. Issues in every industry I don't know that that's fair For sure
3: Exactly But I'm saying Because that is there And you know that You just have to like File it away So do I say Cancel them Do I No None of that stuff But it's It's something that should be noted. Um, Now, on to something a little lighter. Uh, Jason was surprised when he saw Taylor chug a beer in the VIP suite. I'm not
6: going to lie. I didn't know what was going on at first. I was sitting behind him, and I saw him go for the drinks. And then I was like, oh. Oh, this is happening. <laughs> she's getting after her. Pretty cool. This is on the Jumbo Town. Nice. Jumbo oh, and then the slam down. That's what I'm saying. She's done this before. She's yeah, a pro. I mean, Not her first.
1: Sure, she's yeah. a pro. I saw so many pictures of her after uh, the Super Bowl at parties. Yes. Having just this incredible time. I just don't understand how people can't like her. Like, why they're booing her. I guess it's oversaturation at this point. Yeah. But, man, she just seems like... This down-to-earth superstar that does good for people 24-7. So, for anybody to boo her, I just don't get it, man.
5: It's it's not her fault. And I don't think there's anything she can do to change it. It's it's oversaturation. That's that's all it is.
3: All right. Coming up in your next entertainment buzz, Bieber was asked to be a part of the Super Bowl halftime show. Why he turned down the offer in your next entertainment buzz on The Burt Show.
1: The Burt Show. I don't even know why you do it. I don't even know why you do it. I don't even know why you guys hit us with, I'm glad you do, with emails about like asking for advice. We don't know anything. Hey, no different than you. We just got microphones. We're, we're no smarter than you guys. We don't know anything.
3: Um, stop. We need content. Yeah, we need yeah, people yeah. to send yeah, emails.
1: I mean, I don't want you to stop doing it, but I'm just going to tell you that. I mean, our advice is no different than your brother or your sister. <laughs> can't help. <laughs> yeah, we got microphones. <laughs> we certainly don't have any more credibility. So every now and then, uh, we get an email that we look at each other and like, uh, uh, mm-hmm. oh, no. Oh, let's bring in a pro. So that's what we're doing this morning. Therapist Andrea Berkeley of Honest Women Podcast. That is a podcast that I proudly have on my Pioneer Network. Um, we, we looked at this email, Andrea, and we're like, uh, we can't handle this. This is mm-hmm. for the pros. So this one's for you. Um, Mo, this has everything to do with um, she loving her career, but her spouse absolutely hates it. So what do
5: you do? I recently got married. I dated my husband for two years before we got married. Throughout our dating phase, he never expressed any concerns about my job as a massage therapist. However... During our honeymoon, he told me he wants me to quit.
3: That's odd timing. Right? Mm Mm-hmm.
5: He admitted that he never liked my career choice. But now that I'm his wife, he's even more uncomfortable with the idea of me touching other male bodies. The problem is that I genuinely enjoy being a massage therapist. So, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I don't want to give up something that I love, but I also don't want to disrespect my marriage by doing something that bothers him. Being 100% honest, if he was giving massages to barely clothed women all day, I'd probably also dislike it. I can't say that I would want him to keep doing it. That said, I don't know that I'd insist he quit. I can say with 100% honesty that I am not attracted to or thinking about my clients in any inappropriate way. So, he has nothing to worry about. But it doesn't seem that cheating is what he is worried about He just thinks it's not right for me to be touching
1: other men. Thoughts? Okay, let's see how our advice stacks up against the professional. Okay, so we're the therapist now. She walks into (laughs) the office with this problem. Dr. Weiss, what do I do about this? I say this. Tell your husband to freaking grow up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do as a therapist. What's yours, Kristen?
3: I would say tough ass. He's going to have to get over it. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like this was plotted, the fact that he waited so they were on their honeymoon before he mm-hmm. brought this up. He had every opportunity to express this when they were dating, mm-hmm. when they were engaged. Mm-hmm. But now he feels like he can pull this husband wife card. Mm-hmm. That feels mm-hmm. extremely manipulative Mo, to me. Mo, you're mm-hmm. the
1: therapist. They walk in the office with this. What's your advice? Uh, too little, too late. That is exactly how
5: I feel. You had every opportunity to get your feelings off and let her know exactly how you feel. And if you did not want to marry her because of her profession, and that's your choice. But now that you have married her, you don't get to tell her that she has to walk away from
1: her career. All right, uh, therapist Andrea, uh, do you have any advice better than tell your husband to grow up?
0: <laughs> not necessarily better than that. I actually <laughs> just feel a lot better knowing that we are tracking this morning that all the Burt Show therapists and myself are tracking Hearing Mo read this really uh, confirmed and affirmed how I was feeling before, which is my spidey senses are going off. I don't love this. I can't help but wonder, just like Kristen said, the timing of this is really odd. So he had so much time to talk about this before. And now I do wonder, is this a sign that this is a controlling relationship? Mm. Yeah. So my thought is maybe there were other signs along the way. Maybe, you know, you started dating and he wanted all of your time. And maybe now he says, I don't like your friend, X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm.
1: At what point, Andrea, help me out with this in relationships, right? Because I feel like I've been in my share of relationships where sometimes I can't fix the problems, (laughs) right? So my sometimes maybe harshly have said, look, this is a you thing, this isn't a me thing, so I don't know how to fix this or help you with it, you're going to have to deal with this on your own, is that um, unhealthy in a relationship?
0: It's not unhealthy, I might take a slightly softer approach, but I think you're right on here. There are a lot of things that are going to bother us when we're in long term relationships, and we do have to figure out how to own what's ours. And so in this case, I think it would be fair for her to say, look, you know, that nothing is going on here. You also knew that this was my career long before we got married, and I can totally understand and have compassion for you that it bothers you, but that doesn't mean I quit my job, right? Your feelings do not drive the next action necessarily.
1: So if he was your client and he came in mm-hmm. with this problem, then what would your advice for him to be to say to her to be seen and hurt?
0: Hmm. Well, I I think he's doing it. He's making himself known, but I think I'd want to know for him a little bit more like what is coming up for him. And if it is something about how he defines what a marriage should be and what kind of say a husband should have in his wife's life, we might want to challenge those beliefs just gently because they need to be aligned on that. This is not a one person makes the call situation.
1: If he's being authentic, though, Andrea, like if he's being authentic that, you know what, I didn't think this was going to bother me. But now that we're married and we're in a committed relationship for the rest of our lives, I feel differently about it. So please Mm -hmm. consider another profession. Would you entertain that at all?
0: I think it wouldn't be really up to me to entertain it, but it would be up to his spouse to decide if that makes sense for her. So if this is a career that she loves and something she's invested a lot of time into, it's just not that easy as like, go find another career. And I worry about those years in between where maybe she doesn't have one.
3: So I equate it to like, so my husband and I dated for... A very long time. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll put it into, like, you know, their timeline. So if my husband at the time, we date, we get engaged, and then after we get married, he comes to me, he says, I don't like you talking about our personal lives on the radio. I think you mm-hmm. should quit.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, that just. I'll back you on that.
3: Th- thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, like, I I don't know if there is a compromise here, but I do right. feel like th- this is just, this just reeks of controlling And if I were her friend, I'd be like, girl, he's he's trying to get some kind of control over you. Like you need to kindly put your foot down and tell him Mm -hmm. if you have an issue with this, you need to work out why you have an issue with this. Yeah. And maybe even let's go to counseling. It's
0: fine to go to counseling together at the very beginning of your marriage, because honestly, this could be a situation that's been developing over a long period of time and now can involve not having any say in your schedule, in who you see, in your finances. Mm. It could be rapidly deteriorating. So getting somebody involved Mm -hmm. could
1: be very helpful. That's Andrea Berkeley. She's from the Honest Women podcast. Uh, What's the last episode about if people want to check you guys out?
0: It is about marriage since it's the week of Valentine's Day. We've got some tips and tricks, which is what we do not do on our show. So, yeah, see us go off-brand a little bit. All
1: right, check it out. It is Honest Women, and you can find it on any social media, any podcasting platform. Thanks, Andrea.
0: You're welcome. Thanks, guys.
1: It's the birch Show. First show. I'm guessing our phone screener Amber here was shocked, shocked when you put this in your mouth. <laughs> hey, yo.
2: and, uh, yeah, that's a great way of putting that. <laughs> one hell of a tease. A you of here, a
1: tease. Right? Uh, that's, that's professional right there. Yeah. My Why don't business. we just not tell him what it is? Yeah. <laughs> just move on, us. right? And, and moving on.
2: <laughs> Spotlight on Bert. <laughs> so what happened was, I was, I think I was in like elementary school. I was pretty young, and uh, we went to Publix. Uh, uh, shout out to Publix of Mount Zion. What's up, Mauro, Georgia? Anyways, <laughs> we went over there, and um, you know when you get, like, the chicken wings from, like, the deli counter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have, like, the, the, the fried chicken wings, the buffalo, the Mardi Gras, all that. Fine. So I wanted to order. I said, Dad, I got this, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm about uh, nine years old. I know what I'm doing, <laughs> all right? So I wanted to sound smart. My dad is a book guy. You know, he had me doing vocabulary words weekly. I read Moby Dick when I was in the, in the sixth grade. Yeah, actually, no, fourth grade. So anyways, I wanted to be smart, like my daddy raised me to be. So I was like, um, to an older white woman, I go up to her and I say, can we get a pound of Caucasian chicken wings? What? I thought what? Caucasian <laughs> was short for Caucasian.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Run that back.
2: Yeah. One I, more time. I I, I, I I ordered a pound of Caucasian chicken wings <laughs> to an older white woman, and I thought Caucasian was short for Caucasian. I was like, nine. <laughs> All right. So you wanted, you wanted Cajun. Yes.
5: You thought Caucasian was short for Cajun I and Caucasian sure is longer than Cajun? Yeah, Caucasian is too...
2: Oh, I I'm, meant I'm the other way. Sorry. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I was, I was right. trying to say the she, longer way. Yeah, she was doing the formal uh, ask for Caucasian uh, wings yes. rather than just okay. doing the informal way of yes. with Cajun wings. The funny part was, not even what I said, obviously, but the funny part was how the older white woman looked at me. And then looked at my dad trying to see if it's okay to laugh because she didn't know what to do with that. Was she like, well, I, I did make them.
1: She's thinking maybe that means just white meat. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe just the breast, because breast is white meat. Yeah, right? keep the duck meat. Right. Hey, cold, no drumsticks.
2: Okay. My dad didn't even correct me because he was too busy laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, what, bro? I, I ordered some Caucasian yeah. wings. Give me a pound. <laughs> you know, but you said, what? Yeah,
1: for your next birthday, he's going to give you Moby Dick again. Uh, <laughs> clearly it didn't work for the first time. No. Nah, it's smarter didn't. now. <laughs> All right, so what has happened? She wanted a blind date with a guy from way back in elementary school, right? This sort of started yesterday on the show. Yes, yeah,
3: so Deborah hit us up and um, she wanted us to reach out to an elementary crush Her daughter was doing Valentine's and she had gotten some old things from her her family home. And she was going through them and came across some old Valentine's and came across this one, this Mario Brothers Valentine Mm -hmm. card from a a kid in her elementary school. And she is single. She did a little digging. He is single. And she's like, I like I feel like this the universe is working in mysterious ways. And I've, I've seen this long lost Valentine that I should reach out to him. So Tommy did just that. He reached out to this dude that she knew in elementary school and did not tell him anything about Deborah. Mm-hmm. He just said, yo, are you single? He was like, very single, which is kind of a red flag, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. Very single. You're right. No, very single to me because to you it reeks of de- desperation when you say that? A little bit. To just, me, no, it could just mean like I'm I'm actively looking. Okay. For me it means like. I'm a player.
3: Oh, no, like, no, no. For me? very
1: single. Like, let's go.
3: No, for me, it, it sounds like you haven't had a, a a significant other in about 22 years. Okay. You're yeah. right.
1: down bad single. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Anyway, he said he's very single. And so Tommy set it up that he would go on this blind date with either somebody he doesn't know, somebody from his past, whomever. And dude was down for it. So Tommy... Ca- you know, made sure he was free. Deborah was free. So they were supposed to go on this mystery blind date last night. And we were going to wait and see. I asked, I, got, I told Deborah, I go, listen, he may see you and have absolutely no recollection of who you are. You need like a manager expectation. You might walk
1: right by her in the restaurant, bar, whatever.
3: <laughs> and she was like, it don't matter. I got this. She mm-hmm. was like, queen knew her worth. Very confident. She was putting out the mojo and she was down to get her man last night.
5: All right, let's see what the update is. So, I wanted to thank you so much for doing this for me. I also wanted to thank Tommy for finding us dinner reservations at the last minute on Valentine's Day. What'd you get, Chili's, man? Panda <laughs> Express? Oh,
0: I
2: from? <laughs> <Branded> Express. <laughs>
5: <laughs> So, he showed up, and he was gorgeous. He didn't seem to recognize me because he was still looking around trying to figure out who his blind date was. So, I walked up to myself and introduced myself. He gave me a hug and said, it was nice to meet me. Mm -hmm. I didn't correct him and let him know that we already met many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. As soon as we sat down, his first question was, how I got roped into this blind date? I lied and said that a friend of mine had also contacted you all about setting me up on a blind date.
3: I like your move. Now you ain't desperate.
5: So, as of right now, he thinks we've never met And we were both in the same situation when it came to this date. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I felt a bit less nervous (laughs) when I knew he thought we were in the same situation. I was too nervous to tell him the truth and to tell him I'm a crazy lady who remembers him from (laughs) elementary school. You
3: gave me that Mario Brothers Valentine. It was really awesome. I have it in my pocket. You want to smell it? Yeah, I'm not mad.
5: I'm not mad at this (laughs) one. So I just never told him. The rest of the evening went really well. I think we both had a great time. At the end of the night, we exchange phone numbers, and he even texts me to tell me that he had a good time. So I think we will probably end up going out again. I guess I will have to tell him the truth <laughs> yeah. and hope he doesn't think I'm crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the timing is right to finally tell him the truth. It's not the next date. No. no. It's, not no, no, no. Date, it's not the date after no, that. No, no, no. Don't be in a rush at all. Yeah.
3: During your wedding vows. <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> that well, might be a little too you late. Know, we don't <laughs> have to go too far on that. I mean, let's be honest. Like, if they get intimate... And he really enjoys himself? Right there. She's locked in. That's when you tell him. I'm not lying.
3: Like mid-coitus? No, 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 no.
1: Let the man enjoy himself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, let the fireworks happen first. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> You're on The Burt Show.
5: What's trending now? Go! It's the Birch House Entertainment Buzz.
3: Bieber was asked to be a part of the Super Bowl halftime show, but he turned it down. I'm going to get to that in just a second. First, though, I'm sure all you Ariana Grande fans already know she is releasing a remix of Yes and Tomorrow with Mariah Carey. Whoa. She posted a photo of her with Mariah um, saying yes and remix featuring the one and only queen of my heart and lifelong inspiration at Mariah Carey is out this Friday, a.k.a. tomorrow.
1: So if you're any other artist that was thinking about releasing music on Friday, you're like, you know what? We're going to push ours back to Monday (laughs) and and getting her to come outside when it's not Christmas. Shout out to Ariana. (laughs) All
3: right. (laughs) All right. So why? was Justin Bieber not in the Super Bowl halftime show. A lot of people, there's a lot of rumors leading up to it that he was going to be a part of it. And if you're wondering why, well, Usher can be credited for kind of propelling Justin Bieber's career. Um, He was very much active in Justin Bieber um, early on when Justin Bieber had his very first interview on the Burt Show, that was his... Bieber's first ever radio interview was on the Burt Show, and Burt was like, yeah, we'll talk to this Beaver kid or whatever, but Usher has to come in with him. I
1: had no idea who Justin Bieber was, but I'm like, okay, if this is a package deal, at least I get 10 minutes with Usher, and I'll give the kid 30 seconds, and if we never hear from him again, that's fine. <laughs> that's a good decision. <laughs> yep.
3: Alright, so Little John helped Usher design his Super Bowl halftime. He had all Atlanta producers for his Super Bowl halftime, by the way. That's fire. And reveals that there was an early version of the show that included Justin Bieber because the pair had collaborated on Bieber's 2010 song, Somebody to Love.
5: We initially had, we wanted to put Justin in the show, so we had the idea of doing a version of the show with Justin in it. But that's a lot of rehearsal, a lot of responsibility, a lot of time, and a lot of eyeballs, and I don't know if he was ready to do all of that.
3: He goes on to say that Bieber considered being a part of the show, but just didn't want to commit.
5: No, he was thinking about it. He was he was thinking about it, but I think all of the work that goes into it and then all of the eyeballs and everything else. You know, it's a lot of time you have to dedicate to being in a show like this. It's not just, okay, let's go do one rehearsal and you get on stage. It's a lot of time that's dedicated.
3: Now I know Bieber's been laying low since his Ramsey-Hunt syndrome mm-hmm. diagnosis. Um, he was there at the Super Bowl in one of the suites with his wife, Haley Bieber. Um, but... I, yeah,
1: the eyeballs thing doesn't make much sense to me because no. he's played on huge states before. I mean, this is the biggest uh-huh. um, that one doesn't make all that much sense to me. But the other stuff sure does the, the
3: amount of like but I mean, to have an opportunity like work aside, like, yeah, I, I,
1: you know, I I think, you know, without knowing specifically, but yeah. in talking about what he has, um, I think at a here's what I've always thought about, Justin. And like Kristen said, we've had him in here since he was 15 years old Mm -hmm. so many times. And he and I will still DM with each other. So he's like a friend of mine. He's always been a great kid. Even when he went through his D-bag phase, you know, I think when you start in the industry at 15 years old and so many people are dependent on you and a lot of people are blowing smoke up your ass that you start to believe that you're untouchable. So he went through that teen rebellion Those years that all of us go through, except he had to do it in front of the world. This is a really solid, solid kid. I can assure you that. Very spiritual. Um, And I think that he has the wisdom now, even at his young age, to go, you know what? My health is my priority. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready for this. It's going to take up so much of my headspace, so much time away from my wife also, that I'm just going to, even though it's a Super Bowl, I got plenty of money in the bank. I'm going to skip it this year.
5: I know a lot of people wanted to see it, and a lot of people thought that Usher didn't reach out. And so it's good to know that he actually Mm -hmm. did. And I commend Justin for realizing I don't want to put in that work. My health is more important. And you are in a really good place in life when you can say no to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and it's been years um, since he's credited with this because he lives in L.A. and he lives this big life. But he started here in Atlanta. He was from Canada. Scooter Braun went up there, drove to his house, knocked on the door, talked him into moving into Atlanta, and that's where he met Usher.
3: All right. So from CNN, a shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory rally has left one person dead and at least 21 others wounded. Um, Three people are currently in custody for questioning. So an estimated one million people were in downtown Kansas City celebrating their team's back-to-back Super Bowl championship. And the area where the shooting took place in Union Station was steps away from where the team held a victory rally Mm -hmm. for thousands of fans after the parade. Uh, Children were able to come see their football heroes because class districts um, canceled classes. So there were a lot of kids out there. Um, And sure enough, um, there were nine children who were shot um, between the ages of six and 15. They are all expected to recover. Um, And it's the Kansas City area radio station, KKFI, that said it's DJ Lisa Lopez Galvin who died after being shot at the rally. Wow. Um, Paul Contreras is one of the men who tackled the alleged shooter in uh, Kansas City near the parade. And he says that after the shots were fired, the man was just running in his direction and he did what he had to do.
6: I heard somebody yelling to stop this guy and he was coming in the opposite direction. You don't think about it. It's just a reaction. He got close to me. I got the right angle on him and I hit him from behind. As I'm taking him down to the ground, I see the gun on the ground.
3: This is America. More stories online at the Show.com.
1: Do we know any of the details cuz it feels like this happened yesterday and I looked it up this morning. I, was this guy going after one other person? Do we have any details at all? I've been I've
3: so. been doing some more digging as well and I I don't uh, we don't have a motive. Um, we don't have names of who's in custody. So that information has not been released yet.
1: The Bert Show. Real funny. I noticed something when We were going to go to our singles party on Friday night. We held this bitter ball Friday night for all these singles that didn't have couples, right? There was a definite enthusiasm difference between our interns who were in their 20s and some of the staff that was in their 30s and 40s.
3: Well, duh. (laughs)
1: Leading up. To this club appearance.
3: That's just called science. <laughs> <you see. Right. laughs> That's called biology. 20-year-olds <laughs> are like, woo, let's go bio-
1: 30 and 40 year olds are like, this thing starts at 10. Oh my God. What time is it over? <laughs> you, were, you, you weren't, weren't even there. there.
5: I know the feeling though. No. <laughs> you
3: were busy getting your party on at a retirement resort <laughs> with your buddy falling asleep at 7 p.m.
1: DR. <laughs> Sleep by 7. <laughs> Poor Mo. Oh my god, we had to be in the club at 10. You weren't even there. Anyway. So um I'm not sure if Instagram is listening. Uh, I am not sure how it got into my algorithm. Otherwise, this would make no sense for me to play. But this comedian, Nate Bargatze, you guys know him, right? He's so funny. So incredibly funny. This video came an, in my algorithm a couple of days ago, right after Bitterball. And I'm like, this was so perfect <laughs> for the attitude of the staff, depending on the age, going to Bitterball.
5: I miss being young. Your 20s are great. You're down for Whatever. Your friends call you. They're like, do you want to go? You're like, I'll go. You don't even know where you're going. You're like, I'll move, dude. I'll I'll set my apartment on fire. What do you want to do? Your 30s come, and you're like, where are we going? How late are they open? Is it loud? I am going to drive separate. 40s you're uh, I'm not going <laughs> I'm
1: mad that you thought I would go <laughs> So bitter of all attitude it right there. Really <laughs> really all right, today is follow up Thursday. Mo, why do we call it follow up Thursday?
5: Because you guys come up with a story that you haven't heard or we didn't get closure on, and you ask us for closure and we dig deep and do the research and find out what story you are referring to and we get you some
1: closure. In this case, it was a maybe soon to be bride, a little bit too enthusiastic about a wedding that she isn't even throwing yet.
3: She is planning her wedding, though she is not engaged. But, I mean, who needs the groom? Why, wait? Yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and play it right. So, this happened um, October of last year. Caitlyn's best friend was planning a beautiful wedding without a fiancé. Her friend was convinced that her boyfriend of three years would propose a Christmas, so she had her heart set on a fall wedding. Bert and I thought she was jinxing herself by planning a wedding, and Caitlyn wanted to talk her out of it. But she decided to be a supportive friend. To her, surpri- uh, to her surprise, her friend had already booked and put deposits down on a venue... A caterer <laughs> and a photographer. At the at the time, her boyfriend had no idea she was doing this. We all agreed that Caitlin should continue being supportive and let it play out. So did he ever propose?
5: Hey Bird Show. No. He didn't propose to her at Christmas. Nor did he propose before or after. She is still very much unengaged. After Christmas mm-hmm. and New Year's passed with no proposal. Several of us had a pretty blunt conversation with her. The conversation resulted in her getting angry and leaving. We all felt bad and apologized. We have all agreed and told her we'd support her. So, she is still dead set on her fall wedding plans. Many things have been booked and deposits paid for. She's even got her dress and sent us a link to purchase our bridesmaid dresses. None of us have, obviously. Her boyfriend still has no idea that she is planning the wedding already. However, she is convinced that he will propose in time for her to keep her fall wedding plans. I really do hope she's right. Who knows?
1: Maybe he will propose on Valentine's Day. Too late. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll let you know. All right, so there's a lot of money on the line here. She's already... Put deposits down Literally. It, And I don't think you can get those back, right? No. Mm-mm. All right. So, I mean,
3: some. It, it depends on the venue and you can get partial stuff back. Other Others are like, no, nah, once you get the deposit, it's ours. So
1: there's only one way out of this. And we've been talking about it now for weeks. That it's becoming much more common for a woman to propose to a dude. Yeah. So she should propose to him. Exactly. That's all
5: that she can do because you can't stop. Her, and yeah, she's clearly dead set on this.
3: Imagine her proposing to him and he says yes right mm-hmm. and then immediately after she's like okay by the way we're getting married on this yeah. date this is the venue <laughs> yeah this is our caterer this is the meal this is the flowers this is
1: <gasps> this is going to take some restraint on her part so Absolutely. if she does propose and he says yes she'll go she has to not mention the planning at all or he'll like say this is the most psycho thing i've ever heard of i would back out of that mm-hmm.
3: but where we are now like at what point i mean at what point does she have to pull the plug on this thing it like, say 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 for her, proposing to her man is not an option. Mm. She's not willing to do that.
1: Well, then she's, yeah, she's taking
5: a tremendous risk then. A, a risk that I don't think is going to pay off.
3: Or, or she can keep on planning, mm-hmm. and then the day of the wedding hey, I need you to show up at X place at X time. And he shows up to his own wedding.
5: Just, just bring a tux.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, she even already has one there for him. Oh,
1: yeah, that's all you got to do, show yeah. up?
3: While he's sleeping, she can measure him. She can figure that
1: out. You got one option, sister. One option. Propose. Get down on that knee and propose right now.
5: Bingo. It's The Bird Show. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.